Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the Blunt Force Gamers. I am your host, Game Goblin, sweltering and swimming and stewing in my own juices, alongside three cohorts. I'm going to introduce them now, one by one, in case you have forgotten who these guys are. First off, returning from the void and the nether realm of wherever the fuck place that you have been working in fucking hell of retail. We'll see you say that, Goblin, but the moniker who has returned to give the true story. Because I feel like there's some gaslighting going on here. So after the last recording, back in January, I take, I, I take out of the goodness of my heart, the Goblin home. And when we get to his place, he says, Hey, Moniker, I, I, I have some candy up in my apartment. You know, I, I had I had too much left over from Christmas, and I need to get rid of it. I'm like, oh, sure, I love candy. So I follow him up. He says, uh, it's in the bedroom, you need to follow me. And, uh... About his bedroom is, it's a white panel van. Exactly. Look, it was just a challenge to see how many clever uses of duct tape could I accomplish within a 24-hour period. Well, anyway, anyway, it was more than 24 hours, wasn't Moniker, it? I'm sitting alongside also... Dark Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And... Hazakan, the Lord Dragon. And now that our intro is taking way too long, let's just get right to the good stuff. TSR is back, baby! Yeah, we're a little behind on this, but we wanted to wait and make sure. Plus, with the heat and stuff, that's why there's extra background noise. We're not turning this thing off. But TSR is coming back. They're getting the band back together as many as they can who are not contractually obligated to stay with other aforementioned, not gonna say I'm here companies. Uh, we will call them Sorcerers of the Shore. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. I like, I like. Because they really like reaming your wallet. Yes, they do. They are basically nothing more than an investment firm and... I admit, I was excited as shit 20 years ago, and at the same time, I was sad when TSR, uh, well, actually, it's more than 20 years ago now, TSR sold out, and Wizards of the Coast picked it up, but this at this point in 99, 2000, Wizards had a lot of gamers working for them, you know, like the uh, Vampire the Masquerade card game was done by a lot of people who liked gaming, uh, and I don't want to mention any names, just there's a guy in California right now um, who signed one of my D&D books who was working for him, who was also involved in a LARP roleplay group at the time. So it was a lot of gamers who were working and gaming and taking gaming to work and going, what makes gaming more fun? But of course, as corporations are wont to do, they phase that out for bottom dollar numbers. It's when the bean counters from a whole nother country get together and say, how much can we bleed this dry for? Yeah. Hate to see it. They are back. I am excited. The best part that I like, the best part, is the legacy news. And that is, what is his name? Eddie? Edward? I think it's Eddie. It's an E word. Definitely an E. Gygax Jr.? Gygax Jr. is involved in it. He's actually heading it. 
See, that's what I like the best. This is Legacy. This is a game that was started by a family, and, you know, sure, things didn't go out great between friends and stuff. You know, Gygax and Arneson didn't get along very much in the end. But they started it. It was their baby. It's theirs to, you know, cultivate, grow, nurture, uh, abuse. But, yeah, there, there's a... Uh, oh, there it is, there it is. Ernest! Ernest G. Gygax Jr. I knew it was an E-word. Wisconsin? Of course it's yeah. in Wisconsin. Hey, good things come out of Wisconsin. Cheese. And uh, Red Letter Media. Used to be good. And some good red-blooded women, too. Well, all women are red-blooded if you shake hard enough. <laughs> God damn it. So, yes, this is the news, though, that uh, we're going to cover in today's episode, so we're just going to talk and ramble on and meander about how awesome it is that Dungeons & Dragons is finally coming home. Well, they don't technically have the rights to take D&D itself back, but apparently their aim is to shoot out another D&D-esque game, another role-playing game. But it, it's really awesome that we're getting a bunch of the great creative minds who started what became mainstream awesome. You know, I mean, hell, the, some of the Dragonlance writers, from what I understand, are supposed to be coming back. Good, because they were getting pretty screwed by Sorcerers of the Shore. Yeah. Like, a lot of the Greyhawk stuff and the Dragonlance stuff. I mean, these were top bestsellers, New York Times bestsellers. And then, because they're not... The books aren't winning uh, inclusive and diverse. How can you get more diversity than elves, dwarves, goblins, trolls, ogres, and a certain blueberry elf? Yeah, you know. I you, mean, that, that is one particular blueberry elf. One particular blueberry. Oh my God! Speaking of those who run D and D, I really hate how the horrible blueberry elf y'all are talking about is basically mainlining not only the Magic the Gathering card game that's coming up where they've got their own uh, all-black card, which for those of you who don't know, it's a card that's printed black background, slightly different black, everything else, texture and all that. So it's a card you can use and barely read, but it's there. They're super prestigious, or they used to be. Um, he's also the voice of this latest D&D video game to come out. Yep. And apparently that game is total dog shit. Well, drow lives matter. Not in this country. <sighs> okay, because I'm a moron. I guess Elements was going to get 22.5 years for murder. Nah. <laughs> hey, uh, Jesus, fuck. All right. We'll I'm sorry. It's just that role-playing needs to come back to gamers who already understood that gaming is for everybody. We already knew this 20, 30 years ago. We already knew, hey, if you're a cool person and you respect the people in the household, come sit at our table, roll dice with us. We didn't care. We don't need any of this bullshit stuff put into our games. And the fact that TSR is getting back in the game again means it's gamers writing games for those who want to play them. Well, see, it's kind of like what we, you know. If I can put a bit of a positive spin on this, Goblin, it's kind of like what we were saying all along. You know, it's like we just got to ride it out a bit. You know, things are going to be sucky, but you know, look at TSR coming back. You know, things are starting to. Uh, you know, maybe we're. Hitting like a second renaissance or something like that, you know? Maybe it's, uh... It's progress in the right way. Yeah, Let's, it's, let's it's, call it, it thank that. Thank you, yeah. Because I don't know if it's enough to start... Like, one company, well, fantastic... Heh, <laughs> what else? Um, is not necessarily going to be enough to start the fire of a new renaissance. 
Uh, fair enough, fair enough. But baby steps, right? Yes. But still, there are plenty of bottom of the uh, line of artists, you know, at a convention. Yeah. Where, where these are the people who are up and coming, and I think really what TSR could do and should do is really reach out more to these people who are trying to start their own RPGs or any of that that aren't having too successful of a time. Yeah. Especially the ones that aren't towing in any political line, because the biggest thing they're going with is they're an apolitical gaming system. Yeah. All of them should be. Yeah. Yes. And they should really promote those people. They should bring people in and together with not just the oldies and goldies, because we're going to love the hell out of them, but we have to also try and get an, a new generation going. Which is what failed before because the corporations moved in. It was all about making a dollar. Can I put a little caveat on that? Mm. And let me see if you guys agree with me. I, I read a quote on 4chan, and yeah, I can hear the eyes rolling. Fuck off. Yeah, basket weaving forum. Bas- basket weaving forum. Yeah. Um, let me see. I do love going on D. What? Anyway, um, the quote was, you know, something to the effect of, you know, politics in games isn't bad, but there's a difference between, you know, um, using politics to tell a story versus shoehorning in um, you know, skewed versions or uh, politics to uh, push an agenda. Does that make sense? The major thing we're dealing with now is they're coming to a point where they're saying orcs are coded, is their word, as a certain race. When they're not. Orcs are coded as orcs. They're not even human. They're a separate Uh, thing. There's humans... Of all the all the colors and races, big dick quote fingers, um, but there's all these other species, which we are beyond that. So that's the problem with politics in gaming. The thing I liked about older gaming, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter which system. I mean, all the way up until about Pathfinder the first edition, all of the politics that were involved in the games, and even games that were based around politics and maneuvering it within the political circles, like Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah were parallels or allegories or metaphors of real-life politics, they weren't trying to shoehorn in current political standards. Yeah. I mean, I think you can even... Um, I think you can even do politics to kind of reflect the time. Sorry, I know we're getting off track of TSR. But I think you can do it to reflect the times, but, you know, just so long as you um, uh, don't say, this is what you should believe, you know? Uh, ah. it just just present it as it is and let, you know, uh, the players and readers I, I think, come to their own conclusion, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I think TSR right now has a golden opportunity Yeah, that if they write their next game being apolitical, but all the politics that are involved in the game world do not hedge on current political ideologies going on right now. Yeah. They don't try to shoehorn in the whole diversity flag or try to shoehorn in any of that stuff. Yeah. But leave it gaming as gaming was originally intended. You know, just go into a dungeon, kill shit, meet the king, get paid. Yeah. Maybe get a princess, get laid. Yeah. You know, the fun stuff. You know, just bare bones it down without having to try to preach to us. They've got a golden opportunity right now to bring in a bunch of those older gamers who are still fans of the old TSR systems that were way overly complicated, like Thacko, god damn it. Uh, you know, lack of skill systems and all that stuff that made TSR horrible yet fun at the same time. They, they've got a golden opportunity to bring in the older gamers like that. And the thing that I love about role-playing, especially the older D&D stuff, when I first got in, is TSR has this ticket to bring in young people like me through the older people. 
you know, if the old people are having fun and they're like, hey, you know, bring the grandkids, you know, we're going camping, they start gaming, the kids want to get involved, they start gaming, and there's no shoehorning or diversity or inclusion or intersectionalism, none of that stuff. They're just going on an adventure and playing the power fantasy. That's going to rope people in because it's yeah. a simple concept anybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. I am the warrior, I have a sword, I'm slaying a dragon, and I'm getting money. Beyond Fuck. that, you really don't need much. You're having fun. So yeah. that's what sells games. It's fun. And TSR has a golden opportunity by the name recognition of the older people to bring in the younger ones again. Sure. Without having that uh, divide form that's going that, on in modern that games. That giant rainbow dragon flag over the top that turns a lot of people off because they just want a game again. It's escapism. That's, I think, something else because there's a lot of uh, teachers out there in public and private schools that are old enough to remember D&D. I know I had several who talked about it in class free time with other people before I got into gaming. Otherwise, I would have been part of the conversations, I'm sure. But you have all these, you know, older teachers and stuff that could totally bring this to a new generation. They're like, hey, TSR's back. These guys were great. They published all these games. It was just gaming to game. Let me introduce you to it. Let's bring back Empire of the Petal Throne. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a copy of that, man. It is old, like 1977, black and white. Rules are, like, super crazy. That's good. Yeah, like, like, gaming has always been kind of an educational tool. TSR also has that as a golden opportunity right now, especially if they're bringing in the younger crowd, because this is where I learned about uh, theism, basically. Because growing up as a kid, Southern Baptist down south, a uh, preacher standing on the back of his car outside the Piggly Wiggly Bible thumping was nothing different. That was fucking Friday night. You're going down the Piggly Wiggly and seeing the preacher. And then I opened up this book called Deities and Demigods, and I'm like, what's a Thor? And my dad is like, let me introduce you to Norse mythology. And I'm like, what's a Shiva? And he's like, let me introduce you to Hinduism. Ain't that beautiful? And, and it was just introducing, it, uh, uh, yeah, it was a bastardized game version of, you know, the real deities it out of... simplified you know. so far. It is simplified, yes. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, but, it's terrible, uh, terrible. It was an educational tool for me. Like, TSR was the ones who introduced me to the Nordic pantheons. They introduced me to the Vedic pantheons. They introduced me to the South American pantheons, and they weren't preachy about it. I could learn at my own pace without having to go, well, I've got to, you know, wear a badge of shame because I never knew about these gods before, and since I did that, apparently I'm racist now. <laughs> At the tender age of six, but you know, whatever. But yeah, it, it's definitely <laughs> one of those things where they presented it back in the way that it was accessible to people who had never heard of such a thing, because there wasn't such a thing before. You had a bunch of people who had these massive, what were they back in the day? Pewter armies, just a step up from being a lead cast armies. Yeah, basically, it was and a bunch then, of wargaming nerds with uh, a shitload of miniatures who got really excited about Lord of the Rings and said, let's make a game. Yeah, that's literally where it began, and from that, they started something, really, with being the first main mainstream, the most recognized RPG system. Hell, I think one of the first miniatures they created for their battle maps was like a dinosaur they glued arms onto. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny, because you bring up miniatures? Um, let me just I, I do my aside here. Um... It's so funny, you know, that, that we're reminiscing about all the old figurines and how there's just, you know, so much more creativity involved. There's a lot of been uh, kind of that sentiment been going around in kind of the Warhammer community because especially showing up to tournaments, you know, God forbid you have anything that you made yourself or you use like third party miniatures, you know, it, pretty much anything. Or you dug to the bottom of the bits box. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, pretty much anything <laughs> that wasn't, you know, made by GW themselves, you know, it's like, oh, you're getting kicked from the tournament, where, you know, back in the day in White Dwarf, they would literally have sections of their official magazine be like, oh, this guy here, he built himself a Predator tank out of, you know, a uh, tissue box, uh, some spools, and some popsicle sticks, you know, and he painted up, and it looks cool as shit, but now it's like, oh, you didn't pay the 75 for your Land Raider? Heresy! You know? Well, that's, that's another that. thing, too, is TSR's gonna have to, and I'm sorry to, to railroad you here, but going on miniatures, this is also really exciting, because they're gonna have to think outside the big red box. <laughs> that's an old-school D&D oh, reference yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're gonna have to think outside the big red box, though, when it comes to their monsters and stuff, and this is actually really exciting, because when's the last time you've seen in the core material some of the crazy shit that TSR was coming up with back in the day? I have not seen Yogi published in a long time. You know, like these guys were coming Yogi. up with Yogi, uh, Umber Hulks. These are the original progenitors of the Mind Flayers, Beholders, Githrazi. I'm just held up on Yogi as in. Hey, boo boo! No, no, no! We're Yogi, gonna go adventuring for this. I, I had to explain this to somebody else the other day. <laughs> yeah, actually, you had to explain it to me. Niyogi <laughs> um, one of those things I uh, I can't explain in Niyogi in a PG thirteen way. Wait, there's a there was a ny in front of it. Sorry, are we talking yeah. about like the delicious little Italian? No, no, it's like Mister Miyagi, but he's an eel with spider legs and a cruel streak a mile wide, super competitive amongst his own species. Yeah. So if uh, one Yogi are there be an artist of torture porn. Are there females? Um, it's a species. I need to know if I can get off to it. I do know that if you cut one open, its babies will spill out and eat you. I think they're all females. I don't know. Yogi are hard to explain, but again... I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll try for you. TSR is going to have to really think outside the box, because orcs yeah. have been overplayed. Elves have been overplayed. Yes. Uh, dwarves. All, all the standard mythological fairs. They're going to have to really think outside the box. And TSR came up with a crazy ass... You know, like, every Monster Manual was just like, were these guys high when they wrote this shit? Probably. You know, like, it's got, era. it's got, like, 14 backs, three eyes, two mouths, you know, and a couple of septums. And you're like, what? <laughs> How am I going to describe this to my players? You know, like, they wrote some of the wildest fucking monsters, and they had <laughs> some of the craziest uh, offensive and defensive capabilities that you bring in monsters from the old TSR stuff in a second edition game, and... Most of the time, players were like, ah, shit. Yeah. You know, nowadays it's like, oh, you see this monster come over the hill, and you're like, oh, 33 hit points, you know, plus 8 per level, weak against fire and ice. Yeah. The old TSR stuff uh, was really outside the box, and it's exciting because they're going to think outside that box now, coming back into the game. Yeah. No pun intended. So, something to hit both of your guys' points, and it's something that is... I've had discussions with people recently. Yeah. Is the whole thing about you need to have GW products in order to compete in a tournament. Yeah. There is some legitimacy to that because if I'm just over there in the age of 3D printing making an entire army and their third party, uh, you know, builds, then how is the company that's giving away this product? putting on the tournament, having actual cash prizes, what have you. Yeah. How can they afford to do any of that unless I'm buying their product? And yes, it sucks that a lot of their stuff is super expensive. I get it. But the, considering the yeah. last grand champion used a 3D printed neon yellow army, or neon green army, yeah, and made it through that whole thing while other people scrimped and saved and worked extra hours or did what they had to do to get that one miniature 
or to get that one army going or to afford their pains. Yeah. How is it fair to them? Yeah, it's exactly. like walking into a magic tournament with a deck full of proxies. Oh, I've got five Black Lotus. Fucking let me just win the game. Whatever. Yeah. No, that's true. That's and true. it leads to the new stuff with TSR. I know I'm, I'm hitting the arms of my chair. I'm excited. Or not excited. I'm My blood's going on this one. Okay, good. What just we need bully. to do is support TSR. If they put out a product, if you want to enjoy it, if it looks like it's your thing, buy it. Don't pirate it. Please don't pirate it because in this era, piracy is going to happen. We live on the high seas of the internet. But if you really like a company and you want to support them, buy their stuff. Don't buy comic books right now because I'm not paying six bucks for part four of fucking 37 to watch them have a giant fucking drag dinner. Uh, as far as comic with. books is concerned, totally off topic. Yeah. As far as comic books are concerned, a shout out. I know we're a small potatoes thing, but to Eric July, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everything he says about comic books is 100 percent legit, and I rarely ever find myself disagreeing with this dude. Uh, and strangely enough, he's from California, but uh, yeah, Eric July, everything he says about comic books, or it's just some guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of those dudes, a uh, shout out to them. Uh, definitely good for the comic book genre. Oh. Now, if TSR puts out comic books, mm-hmm. and there's no certain blueberry elf in it, I'm interested. Well, that's the thing. We've just got to support them, but we've got to stop supporting all these other companies that are giving us crap. How yeah. can a kid afford three comic books a month at $6, and they're all just one continuous story? So. I'm sorry, you said, you know, the high seas and pirating, and it just made me think, what do you do with a drunken gamer? What do you do with a drunken gamer? Shave what? his balls with a rusty razor, shave his balls with a rusty razor, shave his balls with a rusty razor, like in the morning. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, we've had our fun. You know, you know, it's just one of those things of, that's something we've got to take into account. It's great that they're getting back together, but if they can't have an, an income of some kind for us supporting them for only what we like. If you don't like a book or you don't like a, a whatever, don't buy it because, you know, vote with your wallet and your decisions matter. I'm not going to go out and buy a bunch of this super SJW D shit they're putting out anymore. I ain't, I haven't bought anything since the first book set came out because, you know what, it's not my bag. I'm going to let people enjoy it, definitely. But when you have the ability to support a company if they put out what you like, yeah. Buy buy a comic from someone on Kickstarter. Go buy someone's old collection of fucking Warhammer. I'm seeing it all over the place, especially these days, where people are selling all their stuff secondhand, and it's not shame to do that. You want, if you need to get a bunch of Pathfinder D and D, White Wolf, any of the stuff that's out of print, yeah. Go start looking on places where people are selling, you know, secondhand. Pick it up there. Don't go to those, you know, half-price books or any of that. They have stuff, sure. But if you can buy it directly from someone who used it and enjoyed it, that's how you can keep this industry so, going. So, um, I'd like you to roll through more of uh, TSR's news here. See if we can pick up anything else for our listeners. Now they know that uh, they're coming back in the game. I'm, I'm sure most people know they're coming back in the game. But our two cents here is we are excited as fuck. Oh, yeah. That I, they are coming back. I, I'm excited. Um, it's a little bit of a lesser-known product from TSR, but it's called Dragon Dice, and I'm really excited to see that start coming back. Your armies are actual dice, and it's freaking awesome. And I'm I'm kind of hoping that they pick up that property and continue with it. It looks like, uh, is that a legit thing there? Dave Arneson is going to be collaborating with them? Where did you see that? 
Uh, you're just sitting right on it. Your mouse is over and it says something about Dave Arneson? Because that would be fucking badass awesome to have one of the OGs return. Oh. Okay, no. you're going to think about Dave. Oh, wait, maybe he's dead. I can't remember. There's so much news going on this past year and a half. Do we have a round of applause for Dave Arneson? Of course we have a round of applause for Dave Arneson. He's, a, he's one of the OGs, man. If it wasn't for him, I would never have enjoyed D&D as a kid. Nor would I have to uh, scream at adults. It, it's not Satan worship. Read the damn book. Oh, the 80s were a fun time. Oh, the 80s were a fucking... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. LSE and the TSR. Okay. And the enemy is at TSR Games, who literally invented the hobby they want to protect from TSR Games. Oh, yeah, that's right. SJWs are pissed off right now that they want to write books that they, <laughs> they basically go. They invented the genre. I, our, so the official tweet from DSR is our uh, message is simple. Hashtag keep gaming fantasy. Okay. I.e. keep it out of reality. Yeah. And that's yeah. their official message. I'm all fucking for it. Hell yeah, Fuck dude. Yeah. That's the shit. Separate reality from fantasy. This is our escapism. Yes. Uh, I, I can totally agree with that. Um. Yeah, <gasps> Dave Arneson is the first dungeon master. Uh, let's see. Like, we're scrolling through stuff here, seeing if we can pick up anything else from uh, the news. Seems like the big title is Giant Lands. I don't know if that's a new thing or. Huh. Giant Lands. Actually, there's a guy in one of my discords working on a game that's. Sounds very similar to what they're doing right there. So it's a science fantasy tabletop role-playing game. Uh-huh. James M. Ward, Stephen Dinehart with E. Gary Gygax Jr., Larry Elmore, Jeff D. And Larry Josh Elmore, Dad there's another good name to have on your list. So, you know, let's go to their actual official website. All right, we're going to go to their actual official website right now. Ooh, and they have stuff for sales. Let's do this. Ooh, okay. stuff for sales. Holy shit! Pre-order boxes. Well, of course it's pre-order. I mean, they just got back. Like the official announcement oh was like what on the twenty third, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's super fresh. Oh it's man, look fresh. at this art. Is that a fucking tech priest? Okay, well, unfortunately, our listeners can't see the art. But if you well, go to TSR, I figured y'all would go in and start describing it. But this yeah, is yeah. Well, if they go to the TSR website, look, let's go to some TSR ASMR. TSR oh, ASMR. God. Oh, there it is. There's oh, yes. There's a big, there's a big uh, I think it's a tech priest. The colors are just bold. So, so really what this pop, tells pop, me is pop. if y'all remember some of that older art, you know, Earth, third edition is when I, when this is what's speaking to me, because that's the earliest I ever saw of D&D. This is very reminiscent to the AD&D second style, and even first edition, you have the the uh, adventures right up front on the picture. You've got the bad guy they're all going up against. This is a this is your standard classic adventure pose. I also love it how it's. Um, uh, I feel like gaudy might be the wrong word, but just with the colors, you know, it's kind of you know, it's it, bright it's, and eye catching. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's eye catching. It's expressive. It, your eye, especially with this, I'm being drawn all over the place. Yeah, which yeah. because you've got four characters, you've got a cat dragon creature thing. But you got a guy look like goddamn John Rambo. With a fucking tech rifle. No, there. no, that's Turok. Turok. <laughs> that's Turok right there. Oh, N64 Turok. 
Yeah, and then you got this gal, rather beautiful, feminine-looking gal, boots up to the thighs, with looks like an alien AK. But she's gonna die. She's the one like, wearing the red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> then you got this blue cloak dude that's got a mask. He's got some sort of spear or staff. He's the blade blue doctor uh, wizard guy. And then you got this cat-looking thing with a red staff, and it's like. That's a lot to take in. No, seriously, though, that art style looks straight out of second edition. It really yeah, does. Well, they did pull a lot of the artists. Yeah, that looks like straight out of second edition art style. But here, let, let's go I'm through. getting nostalgia flashbacks. Right? That's, I'm getting, uh, my wallet's gonna hurt. I just bought a pool. <laughs> uh, you lucky <laughs> so, bastard. So let's go through, uh, who will you become here? Someone want to take that? Who will you become? Oh. A radiant golden sun rises over a devastated planet Earth. Of the Fifth Age. Emerging from the destruction is a planet born anew where giants, tribes, mutants, androids, and odd creatures come from a magnitude of worlds clash into an attempt to reclaim Earth as their own. The Giant Lands first edition set includes. There? Huh. Core, okay, I thought it said three. I'm like, what the hell? Would you like me to highlight the change color? No, no, no. It's just that they. They, they, they typoed. It's either there. Or the oh god, that makes it worse. Uh, yeah, it's a typo, right, sir? It is there, as in place, not possessive. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> well, anyway, um, that line there gives me a little bit of concern, though. Hmm. Um, a planet born anew where giants, tribes, mutants, androids, and odd creatures from a multitude of worlds clash in an attempt to reclaim Earth as their own. This is the um. I feel this game was already published under Palladium Books. Well, uh, a lesser-known game known as Rifts, which has published uh, 30, almost 35 core world books, a handful of Dimension books, the uh, core worlds books, the Three Galaxies core books, uh, a bunch of creatures fighting over Earth and claiming it's their own. Sounds a lot like Rifts. Did you just call Rifts not that well-known? That sarcastic. was a tongue-in-cheek sarcasm. Okay, okay. Sarcasm font. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't get sarcasm. Yeah, we know. We know. I know. <laughs> but, so. you know, hey, if they do another post-apocalyptic swords and sorcery, magic and psionic stuff, more power right. to them. Real quick, let's let let's step aside and look at everything, aka everything you need. Everything you need. So this is what you get in this box for, what was that, $70? Uh, it's 70 80 all right, since I screwed this up, somebody else take it over. <laughs> uh, everything so, you need section? Yeah. Three core rulebooks, game dice, game tokens, limited edition poster, Ooh. and four pre-made characters. Why do you need a poster? I don't think Posters you... are fun. Fuck you. Everything you need. You need a poster. <laughs> oh, it could I, be a map. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> just like sitting there like, ooh, I hope they send me the Farrah Fawcett poster. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to go into this, we're going to nostalgia land, god damn it. Yeah, but but I mean, look at this. It's two to ten players, ages twelve and up, ninety minutes play. So this is like an all-in box game. But look at what you're getting. You're getting three core rule books. Now, if those are even two hundred to three hundred page books, you're getting three of them. So that's your DMG equivalent, your core rule book equivalent, bestiary equivalent. Honestly, those core rule books can be two hundred pages each, and it will still be it's going to be a bargain equivalent to buying the three core rule books you need for say D and D nowadays, which is about forty dollars per book. At $80 for this box, even if those three core rulebooks are the uh, 
preview copies of what the bigger, you know, bolder. Oh game. yeah, they're the slim down, just what you need for the this slim box. down, just what you need for this box uh, stuff. That's still a deal. Yeah. So yeah, and then not only that, but you get some dice. Most starter boxes get that. You get a poster. A lot of them come with this kind of thing, so you can put up on your wall, or it's a map, or it's the something or other. And with this art we're seeing, I would love the fucking poster, even if it's just that cover art. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Be and four pre-made characters, so you can just take new people, which seems to be fifth edition fucking soy boys always talking about. Well, it's, it's good to start with new people. I can just start a game whenever. Here, I've got four pre-made characters. Let me teach you how to play with this pre-made character. The fourth edition, or not fourth, fifth. <laughs> we uh, don't talk. Oh, about they're both that pretty one. bad anyway. But fifth practically just plays itself. Yeah. So with this, I mean, it sounds like it's definitely a beginner box quality item. Oh yeah. But you're getting... Uh, that was my problem with it. the 5th edition beginner box. Was you didn't even get a slimmed down version of the core rulebook where it's like, this is just what you need. You literally got some books saying, hey, if you buy the book, you can do all this stuff. But we're going to give you a character sheet, some dice, and a whole bunch of blurb. Well, yeah, the, the original TSR boxes were like that. Did you, uh, like, uh, the original 1st edition box I had was the slimmed down version. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like... A third the size of the core rulebook itself, but it gave you everything you needed to get in the game and start without the myriad of, you know, like, environmental hazards or drowning or all yeah. the other rules that you probably would not get into. It's literally, a, you're you're in a dungeon, you move forward, this is how you hit a guy, this is how you take a hit from yeah. a guy. And that, that's really all you need, but this sounds like it's going to be a bit more. Ages 12 plus, that's a good sign right there. Yeah, It's, it's going to have a, a moderate level of comfort of... You know, complexity. It's not, it's not going to be overly complex if it's written for 12-year-olds. Goblin, when you said ages 12 and up, how come you were licking your lips? Dude. I'm hungry! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I've had today is some fries and a burger. I still got to... My tummy's got the rumblings, okay? His tummy's got... Oh, shit. And only you the rumblings only barbecue can satisfy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, this is going to be coming out here shortly. It says summer 2021. Oh, yeah. Uh, August begin, 2021. We will begin shipping the set in August 2021. Yeah, so basically... Wait, 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 wait. There was the a disclaimer at the bottom. 30 to 90 days. Due to the limits of this e-commerce system, back order is the equivalent of a pre-order. Oh. Yeah, so if they get too many orders, you're... Well, it says limited to 2,000 there. They've probably sold that by now. Well, you know less. what? It's worth doing. Worth it. Yeah, it's labeled as backordered. So yeah, so it's already sold out. It's already yeah. sold out, but what that, what they've written into their website, if it's backordered, it means that you're still getting a copy. You have pre-ordered it. Yeah, but it's just you didn't get the initial 2000 yeah, prestigious the first printing. editions. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, but you're, you still get a first edition, everything that's with this. Yeah. That's which, which is really cool of a company to do that because anymore you get so, uh, sorcerers of the shore. Uh, well, it's the sore, not the shore, because the God, they leave you sore. Um, yeah, they're cold sorcerers. I bought D and D. My butt sure hurts. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, with them, they're like, oh, limited, limited run, and that's it. But we have a shittier version you can pay just as much for coming out. At the same time. Well, this is also really good on the business side. Mm -hmm. To get a kind of a thermometer, get a temperature on how much interest there is. Because mm -hmm. they had 2000 That's probably what they were expecting to sell was around 2000 maybe 1700 or so. 
and now their back order is sold out, they know that there's actually like more interest in their product than they first assumed. That's a good now, sign. Now, let me be honest with everyone of how we came to this topic for today is I was on <laughs> a lot of my stories come from Facebook. Um, yeah, and I got invited to a group that was literally TSR fans. I'm like, well, I'm not, but who's in this? It's a bunch of people I knew who are TSR fans, who are old enough to have actually played in the TSR days. And literally, everyone's just posting on there about all the great old stuff they got and how they can't wait for the new stuff. And how people are enjoying what they're going to be putting out, because everything they're saying is, we want to make games for gaming, not to push an agenda. Well, the thing that, well, that, yeah, Games for Gaming, that's what it was about. The interesting thing is, I first got into D&D around 1983, 84, somewhere in that season. That was the first time I picked up a copy of any of the books. I uh, thumbed through it. It was still 10 years later before I sat down with Dice in hand and actually played any games. But we were still in second edition at that point, in like that 10-year span. And then... Up until the 90s, so basically mid-80s to late 90s, 2nd edition was the game. That was the edition, and it had some lasting power. People were still buying brand new copies. You could still go to the store and buy a new copy of 2nd edition D&D, you know, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th printing. It was still going off the shelves, and now they can barely move 5th edition except to a handful of people who really love the shit out of it. They can barely move 4th edition. Third edition has kind of disappeared. So, yeah, a lot of these people who have uh, are fans of TSR, I can definitely see it because it had lasting power. Especially when you've got these people that are of an age that they have disposable income because they did all that for years and years, and now they want to share it with people. So they're more inclined to pick one up to send their niece, their nephew, their kids, their grandkids. Their buddy's got a, a young one who's coming to that age, and they know their buddy would love to but can't so they're gonna spread it around this is what we're looking for for the community that formed of its own volition to start spreading gaming for gaming's sake yeah and with them wanting to do this and be like hey we're just making games to make games this is an opportunity for us to pick up where the old system failed. that should be what most entertainment should be yeah mm-hmm. honestly is you know movies just for the sake of making a movie and telling a story or a book just to tell a story you know uh, games for gamers so they can play games and enjoy them. Who the folk? Maybe that's why Mario is still so goddamn popular because he doesn't preach to everybody. He's just it's a me. But his play. movies did suck because they tried to well, placate he... to the greater audience. And yes, the only reason it's getting made is because the original fans made it popular enough to do that. I mean, look but at to totally kick them in the nuts and say it's not for you. That is where it's, everything's falling. Like, the movies we've softened back. D and D is part of the reason why a lot of modern movies, a lot of uh, a huge amount of modern movies, have to pay it forward and pay credit to the fact that the reason they're so popular is because of D and D. But even back in the day, like Conan was written before D and D was, but I doubt Conan, the old Schwarzenegger movie, would have been as much of a hit if it wasn't for you know a bunch of fucking geeks dwelling in their basements playing D and D, going. Fuck, there's a Conan movie coming out. Let's go see it. And Conan is just like D&D. The first movie wasn't preachy or anything. It was telling a story. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and you see all of these other sword and sorcery, because that's what it was called before. Yeah, sword and sword sorcery. Sword and sorcery movies. I mean, you have the litany of Italian sword and sorcery movies, because they would just go up into the fucking hills and shoot a movie all day. God bless the Italians. Yeah, them and they're also pulp 
horror, which was a step above adult books. But anyways, um, hey, you, you, see, Sorry, you see how before uh, D&D really hit the mainstream like it is now, people just made stuff to tell a story. They weren't trying to, to do anything else, and that that's what we're, we want to get back to with gaming. We build the game because we want a game. That's why some of the games we love are the way they are, because it's like, oh, fucking laser metal. I want to be a rock band on a fucking tech uh, planet, yeah. and I want to go around on tour and kick a bunch of ass. I turned what was supposed to be a pocket RPG into a fucking running campaign with some folks for a while until the group fell apart. And I gotta say, it's one of those things where if a game is good enough and it's just made to game just just because, it, you can expand upon it immensely. And these guys who have got together to do this, Gygax Jr., God bless him for trying to do this. I want to support him. I want to support him, but I'm looking at this line while you're talking here, and I kind of want to just start like getting in a Deadpool costume and being a complete dick at that one right there. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, you guys know that I hate LARPing. Yep. Okay, I, I've done LARP, I, and I did it for several years, and I, I've just... The time has passed. The time has passed. Now it's kind of like eating chocolate ice cream loaded with onions. <laughs> no. And it says here, okay, for those who like this thing, it's your bag, I get it. It's awesome if it is your thing. But okay, whatever. Um... It's also a key to a new active world where live-action roleplay and costumes are encouraged. Soon you'll be able to join us at live events, a giant lens theme park, where you can go on an adventure as your favorite characters in a living game world. I just... Dude, I've seen some LARP costumes in my day, and I can just imagine that this is going to be... Hilarious. <laughs> oh, it probably will be what... Over like, there. This is like, this is gonna, reading that line, all I can see is like, people in Walmart, LARP edition. Oh, God. You know, I just, it's people of Walmart, Lord of the Rings, special edition, extra 15 seconds of video came out. Yeah, cue the Benny Hill theme song. (laughs) I mean, if this is your thing, that is awesome, that is great, Uh, enjoy it, run with it. But we have been to some conventions, and oh boy, Fat Bane. I am just gonna. I'm gonna stay as far away from this as I can. Um, Still, the game system itself seems like it could be a very interesting story. To I, I want to see the game system. This uh, this uh, gives no um, clues to the game system itself. It just tells what the game is about and what you're looking at. But I don't see anything in there that tells me that the game is going to be played with like X dice or what kind of combat standards are going to be going on. Whether it's turn based or a point based combat, uh, free play. Uh, see, some of these other people, they can't. They're like, what is it going to do? Um, yeah, so what's inside the book uh, has me concerned because it could be like Star Wars, right? Where you're like, oh, the Phantom Menace, Star Wars is coming back. And then the one guy goes, what if the movie is shit? Yeah, God, I, I love fanboys. I have that movie yeah. downstairs. Yeah, I mean, fun. it's really awesome that TSR is coming back. I mean, like this artwork on their main website is just badass. It's badass, and it's so reminiscent of 2nd edition, 1st edition D&D stylings. This is taking me right back to Dark Sun. But on the other hand, what if the material inside the book sucks? Well, we all gotta take that gamble sometimes. I mean, it's not like the old days where you could go to Barnes & Noble, grab a D&D book, and crack it open. Because that's my timeline. I was where, you know, they were selling it in the small corner in the back of the fucking store. You lucky. Because a manager liked it. 
But there, I know some of y'all, especially Goblin here, the old man of the gaming world. He probably had a special order of that by, you know, befriending someone with a fucking order sheet. You had to know somebody who knows somebody who fucking mail ordered it. Yeah, sounds about right. Or you had to buy, like, two copies of a comic book and cut a page out and mail order it. Oh, uh, those were the days. Yeah, those were the days you're like, Woo, I just got this new Spider-Man issue, and it's the first reveal of a new villain, and oh my god, this book deal is great. We have to buy a second copy of Spider-Man so I can trash one copy and have the other as a collector. Fuck. <laughs> right? But that's the way it worked, and man, it's just nice to see another group. I know there's tons of, you know, other creators out there at cons, on fucking GoFundMe and all that. We're putting out game systems, but... You know, it's nice to be able to see someone who's recognizable. And I think something they could really do is you get a bunch of these people together and be like, all right, we're going to be the core, but, you know, we're going to sponsor out your content. And, you know, get this shit going. If it's fucking up to snuff, I think they should definitely try and pull in other creators. Yeah, if this is up to snuff, uh, like I said, I don't know of any of the in-game details. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if the uh, core gameplay is solid, uh, combat runs smoothly, the character sheet is fluid and easy to understand, the GM stuff is, like, accurate as hell, you don't need to, like, memorize 400 pages of the superfluous shit. Uh, if the gameplay is smooth, easy to learn, and flows really well, and you can just run in this world, great. That will sell like fire. That will mm-hmm. sell like, yeah. It'll be fire, it'll be lit. And, you know, at the same token, like, even if it's not easy to read at first glance. If it runs smoothly once you understand it with little in the way of deep in deep understanding required, rock that shit, and like, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Ooh. Spirit Guide. See, they've already got Ooh. plans for this. Well, that's there a creature feature for uh, Giant Lands. Yeah. Electricity people. Is that a dude or a chick? Uh, uh, I see tits. tits. Those tits are really high. Yeah. Well, well, it's, not, it's not exactly human. Well, they're, they look more like round pectoral muscles. Yeah. Could be, I mean, it's electricity. I don't exactly see it having to get it on to reproduce. But you know what? I never got past drawing a stick figure, so I'm just not going to complain. Weren't you also the one who seduced an elithid? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Goblin, if that thing was standing behind you, it could rest its titties on your head. No, no, uh, the story was, I wanted to seduce an illithid, the GM said, okay, but you have to drop a nat 20 or your brain's getting sucked out, and it was one of those times where my gnome went downtown on an aberration and I dropped a nat 20, and the GM just looks at me like, oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> god damn it. Yeah, he said basically, I, oh, god damn it, dude. I was so, trying to commit suicide and I failed. <laughs> 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 oh so, I'm seeing an interesting note here, right? Special abilities for this thing. Mind modifier plus 20, which means it. what that tells me is it's probably a percentile-based system. Or at the very least, it uses a lot of those aspects. Possibly, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with the percentile-based system. That sounds that sounds really interesting. All it brought me to think was uh, Tristat, and I fucking love me some Tristat. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely see it being a tri-stat system, which would be a very refreshing... Or the uh, difficulty modifiers is based on an index of 1 to 100. And they get uh, bonus 20, you know, which uh, throw them up a rank. 
or something. Something like that, yeah. I'm excited. Like I am excited. I just hope what's inside the box uh, meets the hype. Agreed. I may have to go poking around their Discord server though. See what I can see. Yeah, see, I think everybody's kind of stuff they're wanting. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff they want. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, somebody just pulled up. Risk. <laughs> well, of course, you know we we are an audio podcast, so people can't see the pictures. But yes. Uh, somebody just pulled up who's fucking around on the computer some cosplay that is actually good. Yeah. Somebody and it's not to... bed sheets and like it's it's proper costuming it's rather a... than, you know, it's not just I throw on a wig and a bikini. It's yeah. not something that was found at uh, Party City in twenty minutes. No, they, like they made this stuff and they made it nice. Uh let's see, Larp Park. Hey, not that we're against So that apparently it was it was done by Dinehart. I just wonder why the gal's wearing a fucking Infinity Gauntlet. Because Marvel. Uh, well, it looks like the other guy's got an actual Gauntlet Gauntlet, so that just might be aesthetically chosen. Because it's fair. got uh, it, it's the same goldish got... color. It's got three colored hips. Hips, yeah. But it's got three big metal knobs here on the side, so I'm thinking it's just aesthetic choosing. Could be a thing with their ability, because these are a pseudo-tech priest kind of people. It literally could just be, I've got... Three They've already got those from Rifts. Yeah, I know. Yes, <laughs> I know. Here. Rifts exist, and it's a thing, but you know... I know, it's just something. I just... It is hard to create something new and, and uh, really step out of the zone of what's already been created. I understand I, that. I, I feel like this is going a little off the reservation. Yeah. Oh. That's going way off the reservation. What the hell? It, it seems like the... the the taller gents have gigantism, and the the kids, well... Oh my god, dude, now I'm getting flashback to, like, creepypasta stories about giants eating Native Americans in the Southwest. <laughs> yeah, the, that picture was definitely not all scaled the same. But well, I mean, like, the guy, they literally have devil's mouth in the background. Yeah. <laughs> a mountain with a devil face. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, it's awesome they're coming back. Um, let's see how they're going to do with TSR Con. Hey, a convention that's actually scheduled during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> um, we don't get pol- political here. I'm not getting political. What have we ever been political? I kind of want to go. I don't because I'm not going to walk to Geneva, Wisconsin. Although there's some really good property nearby there. Just, yeah. Just a side note. Uh, yeah, so, you know what, I, I can't say anything more on this, I've given my thoughts, uh, you know, there's still some needs to be shown, some needs to be revealed stuff, a lot of the people listening to the podcast are going to be able to go to their website, TSR, they're, there's not much information, we were just there, they give some of the basics, apparently there's more on Facebook and Discord that you can, uh, plumb Thumb around through. with, which I, I know I'm planning on, like, this has intrigued me, and I really kind of want to explore more of it. I want to see how it's going to go. I want to see what additional information just didn't make it onto the website. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Go ahead. So, some interesting stuff, just in general, is with this style of game, like, we're seeing a bunch of pictures here of them just having events with people, and they're just sitting around playing games, and you know, it, it seems like they're definitely getting that community outreach going, and... That's a good start. Yeah, it is a good start, because anymore for D&D, it's focus groups. 
they pull together focus groups, which is different because it has that corporate stench of everything's sterile, everything's overly controlled. Meanwhile, it looks like they're literally doing just community outreach, which is hey, you want to play a new talk game? to gamers. That's how D&D started, was community outreach. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Think about it. Uh, Vampire, back when it got real popular, was because of conventions. Yep. They, they didn't have some mass marketing targeted ad bullshit. It was, we're going to go to where gamers are and say, hey, you want to play a game? Yeah, well, this was back in the days uh, when you had a quality product. If people liked that quality product, it would do well. And if your product sucked, it wouldn't do well. Natural selection. Natural games. selection, yes. Well, natural selection for products, period. Yeah. Survival of the best product. Yeah. But the problem became they're artificially pumping things, and especially how now they can just hide everything where we're hearing that in the world of comics they may just stop making new comics and only reprint the old stuff. But with with gaming it could end up the same thing because all we're seeing is them just rehashing a bunch of the old stories. Yep. And that's what sucks about gaming which is where you get stuff like this and it's great. You know, to see someone try something new and yes it may be derivative of something else but there's only so many genres and so many ways to rewrite it. Yeah. Well, At least it's not yeah. like uh, the people who tried to do... Uh, there was someone trying to do a game and they literally verbatim ripped the uh, D&D writing and just changed the locations and races. Huh. And it this is, was a major uh, publication. Only so much, yeah, as you can do. Uh, with these settings and genres, everything has pretty much been done. You have prehistoric games, you have uh, crazy-ass Western games with spiritualism and monsters involved, you got Cthulhu Westerns, you have post-apocalyptic, you've got Space Earth, you've cyberpunk. got Cyberpunk, yeah, every genre is possible. Cyberspace. Cybersex. Yeah. Yeah, you've been to that website too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things of stuff was- maybe a bit derivative, but... When you get down to it, it all depends on which version people like. Yeah. True. And yeah. it would be nice for us to see a bit more of what's in the box. But I'm sure if we actually <laughs> did more research, because, you know, we, we just don't do that. We're unscripted, unprepared, unrealistic. Um, <laughs> yep. But if we if we reached in just a bit more, I'm sure we could find out more about how this system works and what we're looking at. But really, my final thoughts on the thing is, I can't wait, I'm excited, I'm pumped, and I plan on trying to support them. It may not be this week or right now, I'm going to have to wait a payday or two, but I want to try and get in on this. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat. Like, I want to see this company grow back to its former glory, even though I've never actually... Like, I'm a latecomer to this. I'm, I have not had the experience of dealing with original TSR product. By the time I was getting into tabletop gaming, wizards, sorry, sorcerers, had already, you know, got the rights to it. So, yep, noise. So that's, you know, that's been where I'm at, as I want to see what the glory days I've been hyped about are. I want to see that for myself. And if they fringe benefits somehow manage to get their hands on the Dragon Dice property again, I would be super thrilled for that, too. But, uh, I think that's just my final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts is I've never actually played games before. Um, they're just letting me in here as a favor. Uh, it's nice to see you all again. Bye. 
My now, final thoughts, I'm glad the TSR is back. What I am especially excited about, regardless of the content of the book, is yay, nay, or mediocre. The thing that I'm taking away from this is they're working on making games for gamers. It's going to be apolitical. It's going to be, let's sit down with books, let's sit down with some dice, let's roll up some characters, and let's go on an adventure. I can totally agree with this, because this is where a lot of us gamers back in the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s all started. And we all had a great, wonderful time, and, and gaming these days is a failing industry. We've seen it across the board, from Games Workshop to Sorcerers of the Sore. A lot of these game companies, they're not doing so well, or they're selling off to smaller uh, organizations who are still further making the game worse, because they're no longer gamers making games for gamers. TSR is gamers making games for gamers, and this is a good step in the right direction to bring games home. So come home, gaming. Come home. The lights on and everything. The lights are on. The stove is uh, warming up the noodles. Come on home, gaming. The beer is cold. That's my final thoughts. Let's get back to having adventures without arguing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, all right, well, that is... The Blunt Force Gamers signing off. Hey, Goblin, do you still need a ride? I got more tape. All right.